0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. I need help when talking about the Stephen Bannon story because, frankly, I'm not just going to repeat to you what the networks are saying and putting out there. So we reached out to a guy we talked to earlier this week, uh, the author of a new book that I'm still waiting on mine to get here. It'll, It'll be here in minutes. Uh, it's, uh, our, the author Raheem Kassam, who's also the editor in chief of Breitbart London. So he's a guy who knows a little bit about the Breitbart situation, but the book, no go zones is out there. You should check it out. You should also follow, follow Raheem on Twitter at Raheem. He's got one of the simple names at Raheem must've been an early adopter of Twitter. Welcome back, sir. Uh, good morning.
1: Hey, Mike, how you doing? It's actually, I wish I did have at Raheem. It's actually at Raheem Kassam, but I've I've done a a little thing where I make it look like I have at Raheem, but I don't. You
0: trickster! How did you do that?
1: (laughs) There's just a way to change the name on your Twitter, and everyone ends up thinking you've got a different Twitter account. It probably doesn't help me in the long run, really, because people can't find me.
0: Okay, it's At Raheem Kassam. I I was fooled, but nicely done, sir. <laughs> are you um, are you in the states still, or are you overseas?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I am in New York today, uh, Washington DC tomorrow, um, because I've, I've got a I've got a new boss, uh, Mike, and I, I think I need to go and see him.
0: <laughs> well, isn't the new boss the same as the old boss to coin a phrase?
1: <laughs> the king is dead. Long live the king! Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's really, it's really funny uh, because it's it's it, almost the exact same thing I went through with Breitbart a couple of years ago when I left the organisation to go and be. Uh, the chief of staff to Nigel Farage, uh, the UK Independence Party, and there was almost exact same situation, internal fighting. People wanted me out after a year. I was too abrasive and too demanding and too right wing and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then I woke up one morning in New York to find that I, I was on vacation. To find that uh, they had forced me out, and uh, I went, I went to, saw, uh, and to see Steve for lunch, and he gave me my job back at. at and i see steve's going through exactly the same thing right now
0: wow that is it that's fascinating so you'll be at the embassy sometime tomorrow i guess i would guess so
1: yeah yeah well, the uh the magnificent the magnificent old bright hq
0: i've i've been there myself uh it's a mm. it's an interesting place now in terms of the news that we're hearing rahim the uh yeah. the story the line is that uh Stephen Bannon is back as executive chairman mm-hmm. of Breitbart. Mm-hmm. T- technically, in, in, did he ever really leave? Because there never seemed to be a, an actual break in the ties, which I, I still talk to my old cohorts. Once they leave the blaze, mm-hmm. we're still in touch. I don't think we ever fully sever because, let's face it, in journalism – And uh, the ties are close. It's not like there's a factory job we go to. There's a real personal connection there. So am I wrong in assuming he never left? Yeah, I I mean,
1: he did leave. I mean, it was slightly different than somebody moving to a different, uh, you know, different journalism job. It was it was moving into the White House. And, of course, there were restrictions and there were people who were very, you know, who were scrutinizing very carefully what he was doing who he was talking to what his business interests were um and you know maybe maybe everybody in the left-wing media was was looking at him was looking at gorka so you know is it would not be fair to say that he severed all ties with everyone, but but with the company, with its management, with, you know, commentary on, on how it's run, uh, which is basically, you know, what the, his job was, uh, he had no input on that. I mean, I saw him several times and he didn't even bring the company up. Um, didn't even bring the didn't even bring my reporting up which maybe maybe says more about my reporting than anything else <laughs> um but 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 no he, he you know to be fair he did he did what he was supposed to do um and that is not uh you know not have anything to do with the business
0: okay so yeah fair enough and that's a you know it's a it's it's a question that i felt compelled to ask because you wonder uh when when you are in an operation like Like Breitbart, like The Blaze, like any of these small journalism outlets that churn and and really do work closely. It's hard to separate yourself, but I fully understand and respect what you're saying on that. And if he's out, and well, back. I mean,
1: it's the it's the mindset, isn't it? You can check out, but you can never really leave. Um sure. you know, I'm sure I'm sure he would have been thinking all day, every day, whenever he was checking the Breitbart site. I would have done it this way, or I would have done it that way. You know, I remember when I was working at UKIP, uh, one day going over to the uh, to the Breitbart offices um, and just knocked on the door and said, "Why are you covering this story like this? Why aren't you covering <laughs> it like that?" And my old my old staff said to me, "I, I don't think we care what you think."
0: <laughs> well uh, you very accurate and fair point on that so when when uh stephen bannon now says i have finally got all of my weapons back in my hands i assume mm. he means breitbart he assume he means radio i i assume he'll mm. be back at sirius xm and when he says i'm not going to attack the president but i'm going to support uh the mission mm. uh I think we should take him at his word.
1: Well, I, he, he's rarely ever somebody that says something that that, that is a, a misdirection or that he doesn't mean. Uh, he, I think I think it's accurate to say that President Trump's inclination is towards the Steve Bannon school of thinking. Uh, this goes back decades before they even knew each other. You only have to look at Trump's interviews from from decades ago where he's talking about the talking about economic nationalism he's talking about the bad trade deals that america is signing um and and so i think i think the two dovetail on that quite naturally and effortlessly um but i also think that the president trump has surrounded himself now with with people that that are not helpful to that message they're not helpful to the base policies they're not helpful in in terms of getting you know major legislative items checked off i don't think there have been any yet um, and so so when, when Bannon says, you know, I've got my hands back on my weapons, when Joel Pollock tweets hashtag war, you know, when all this sort of this sort of it's playful aggression, but it's aggression, uh, comes out, it's us saying, Well, hold on. We are we know who around the president is a problem and we're gonna let the world know too. And and that we started that, don't forget, right at the beginning in January, when the wrong people started coming in the you know com was the first place to sound the alarm on some of these people and we're just going to keep keep doing that and keep letting people know who's acting against the interests that got president trump elected
0: well as the editor-in-chief of breitbart london and obviously you're going to be in direct communication with steve bannon uh can you name names of who who are those people that are currently so close to the president but so far off what you and uh Mr. Bannon and and the president consider the main mission?
1: Sure. I mean, at the moment, um, the big names are, are ones you'll probably know of. Uh, Gary Cohn, Jared Kushner, Dina Powell, um, H.R. Uh, uh, McMaster. I mean, the, all the big slots at the moment uh, are filled with people who have More of a more of a sort of neoliberal mindset than than an economic nationalist mindset. These are people who would have been more comfortable in the George W. Bush administration, and and not you know I'm not trying to 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 slag off the George W. Bush administration, but but it had its time, and and we elected something different this time. We rather you did. I just watched. Um, (laughs) You elected something different this time, and so and so it's it's. It, it, it makes it makes people feel very upset, very sad when to think that that whiteboard of of potential achievements and achievements that Steve Bannon had up in his office in the West Wing is now in in the back of a removals van somewhere. They want that whiteboard. They like that whiteboard.
0: Well, I I wonder if the whiteboard has been capped. I was. It's so funny you brought that up, because there was that photo of the whiteboard that showed all of the uh, goals, the targets that that Mr. Bannon wanted to accomplish. And I was the minute I heard that he was out, I was wondering, did someone erase the whiteboard or are they keeping it? Because I would advise him to keep it. I think it's, I think it's always good to have the person who was your senior advisor to have their notes and to look and see, well, was there something in here we missed? You may have split mm. from him, but you obviously liked what he was doing to hire him. So you wouldn't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, as it as it is now. Ab- about this crew that you named, there have been folks who've labeled them globalists. Is that a, mm. a fair term to look at at uh, Cohn and Mnuchin and and McMaster and Kushner and say these are yeah. globalists, and and that's why they're in the uh, in the dark corner?
1: I, I think that's probably right. I mean, I think globalist centrist. Um, in some cases, I think even closet Democrats. Um, or not so closeted, given given Jared Kushner's donation history. But, you know, uh, the media is trying to portray that the, the, the use of the word globalist is somehow this anti-Semitic trope now. You know, of course, everything hmm. at some point delves into into bizarro world with these people. Um, because, because Gary Cohn is Jewish, so apparently globalist now is, is anti-Semitic. And I say to them, well... You know, your allegation that only Jews can be globalists is the deeply anti-Semitic thing. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's, a no, it's, it's nonsense. You know, globalist is one word for it. You know, uh, uh, centrist is another. Uh, there, is, there, is a, there is a problem in there now, and, and Steve Banner gave this interview to the Weekly Standard yesterday where he said, you know, the, 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 we will continue to support um, the efforts of President Trump, but the Trump presidency that, that you elected in November... Is over right now. That doesn't. There's nobody in there right now carrying the torch for that. There's nobody in there with a policy purview that is that is carrying that torch. And and that made me that made that made me a little bit upset, if I'm honest with you. Um, but it's about fighting to get that back now. And yes, I'm afraid. While you don't expect someone like Jared Kushner to ever lose the ear of the president, you can expect to to have. The people like Gary Cohns and the Dina Powells, you know, they can wait their turn till they get their next, uh, till they ne- get their next Bush. Um, these are people that would have been in there, by the way, if Jeff Bush had been in there, no doubt. Um, so they can they can wait. It's it's. I'm going to be very clear about this. It's our turn.
0: We're talking to Raheem Kassam, the editor in chief of Breitbart London, but also the author of a book you should check out called No Go Zones. We talked about. Raheem's uh, book earlier this week, but he agreed to get up early on a Saturday and chat with us in the couple of minutes I've got remaining. You mentioned Jared Kushner's history of donations and Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I also agree with you that we should look at a person's history to understand A, where they come from and where they might lean today. Mm -hmm. Can't we say the same thing about the president? Because he was A, a registered Democrat and independent for years and a guy who donated to many Democrats over over the years when he was a private citizen. So is that a fair assessment to slap on Jared Kushner?
1: We can absolutely say that about the president, but we were given the opportunity, or again, rather, you were given the opportunity as Americans to litigate that in public. Uh, you got to litigate it at a, at, a, at a primary, and then you got to litigate it at, at the election itself. Nobody gets the chance, and nobody has had the chance to quiz query and 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 understand where jared kushner's head is at nobody's had the chance to to investigate whether or not his views have changed. Nobody's had the chance to hear him give big speeches to crowded auditoriums and then decide that they want to tick a box next to his name and say, yes, this is somebody we want in there carrying our agenda out. So I don't think the comparison is entirely fair. The American people were given the chance to see, uh, and so you know, so was the Republican base given the chance to see if they approved of Donald Trump and his, and his uh, pivot away from his past, like you say, as a Democrat donor and as a New York liberal, and they accepted that. We haven't done that with Jared Kushner. We've not been given the opportunity to do it with Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner is a very quiet, very behind-the-scenes character. And while I don't expect that every cabinet position and every advisor position is going to be an elected position, um, I do expect that when you put a team together, you don't simply put a team together because they're your family members or that they're good at those jobs, but because they also believe in what the base elected you to do. And I think that has probably been President Trump's biggest mistake of the presidency so far, is putting these people in that that actually, I don't know your audience, but but certainly the Breitbart radio audience, certainly uh, uh, Andrew Wilkow's audience, um, certainly Sean Hannity's audience, all these guys... The, these, these, these huge audiences, the, the guys that propelled Trump into the White House, they don't want the Kushners of the world in there.
0: Well, I'm certainly one who's dubious of someone whose closest connection happens to be because of his in-law status. So, uh, <laughs> and as you said, that we haven't had a chance to vet or even understand or question the background. And I think that's a fair requirement for anybody who we're going to allow to have the ear of the president or to be considered that advisor. And that's, frankly, why I, I guess the Senate has what it has in terms of advising and uh, approving people that have that kind of power in cabinet positions and such. Advisors, different things, czars, different thing. Raheem, I could talk to you all day, man. You are uh, you're a guy who loves the uh, loves the information and the debate and comes loaded with facts. I certainly appreciate that. So anytime you you want to come back, you are welcome, sir.
1: The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.